Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Hi, you're listening to another episode of Study, Grow, Know. This one is entitled, Do They Really Want to Save People? Well, we're going to try and answer that question, but let me give you some facts first, right out of the chute. About 73 million abortions occur throughout the world each year. Over 96,000 people die of drug overdoses each year. Nearly 500 deaths from smoking, including from secondhand smoke, each year. That happens every year. Cancer is still the leading cause of death throughout the world, with over 9.5 million deaths worldwide in just 2018. Each year, 1.35 million people die in traffic collisions worldwide. And finally, for now, 36 million people died of starvation throughout the world in 2018 excuse me, 2017. And I've got all of those links and that information in the transcript for this particular episode. So the same people who are telling us that everyone must be vaxxed to stop CV from killing other people and creating a huge, huge worldwide pandemic, those same people seem unconcerned about those who are aborted annually, who die from drug overdoses, who die from car accidents, or from cancers, or most of all, the 36 million people who died in just one year from starvation throughout the world, 2018. Now, it might be easier to believe they really were concerned about our health and welfare if they expressed at least the same worry about all other death categories. Unfortunately, their silence related to these other death categories, I think speaks against them. Now, in America, it is estimated that nearly 600,000 people live homelessly. They're without homes, they're on the street, often they're without three meals a day, their hygiene is not that great. Now, that number, 600,000, may seem paltry compared to the other things that I just mentioned, but the question remains, why are they homeless? Well, this is 2022, Why are those people homeless? Why isn't something being done to house, feed, train, and educate those people so that they don't have to remain homeless? Speaking of homeless, why aren't we seeing them dropping dead like flies because of CV-19? I haven't read anything that indicates there have been massive deaths of homeless people. They don't wear masks. Their hygiene, as I've mentioned, is not that great because of the limitations of simply being homeless. They don't eat well for the same reason. So why isn't CV-19 killing these people left and right, spreading wildly among the homeless? Now, I certainly do not want that to happen, but why isn't it happen? What does the science tell us? Well, if we go by what Dr. Fauci and others tell us, CV-19 was and remains such a huge threat. The population of this planet would have been decimated if extreme measures were not taken. And by those extreme measures, we're talking about lockdowns, social distancing, mask mandates, wearing gloves, the whole bit. And I find that extremely difficult to believe, and so do many others. The problem is that it appears that fear-mongering must be continually propped up and used so that people will become far more willing to comply. 
it's not the deaths that they are so concerned with, because if that was the case, they would at least be willing to address the tremendous uptick in deaths of those after they've received the vax. And let's not even talk about the fact that for 18 months or close to two years, people who had pre-existing conditions like cancer and other maladies could not get treatment because the hospitals were so focused on COVID. But instead, these talking heads simply ignore all of the things that are happening in this society, including the problems that people are experiencing after they received the vax. They're simply saying those deaths, none of them has anything to do with the CV jab. And that is just too hard to believe. Why is it the VAERS reporting system was fine, fine for every other situation prior to COVID? And now all of a sudden it is, oh, it's extremely unreliable. That's what we're told. Why was every possible early intervention pushed off the table? This is absolutely unheard of, yet that quickly became the norm. If you became sick with CV, you were essentially told, go home, stay home, do nothing. There's nothing for you. We're waiting for a vaccine. If you got sick enough, then go to the hospital, where chances were they would hook you up to an IV, put you on remdesivir, and possibly intubate you and watch you die. Your family was not allowed to see you. You were completely alone in the hospital, which again makes absolutely no sense considering that the healthcare workers in the hospital went home every day and they returned the next. Wasn't it possible for them to catch something and bring it to the hospital with them? The same applies to nursing and assisted living homes. No one in or out, except the healthcare workers. Now, of course, 18 months or more after the crisis, Healthcare workers are now being told they must submit to the VAX or lose their job. That's how important those people are, right? Does this make any sense to critically thinking people? It doesn't to me. One of my readers forwarded the link to an article, and again, the link is in the transcript. It's uh, from Rapture Countdown. If the pre-trib rapture position does not sit well with you, then ignore that part of the article and just focus on the rest, which highlights what the author believes is happening in the world now, thanks to people like Klaus Schwab, who has actually, until a few years ago, no one had heard of the guy, but now all of a sudden he is a household name, whether he likes it or not. And I get the impression he kind of likes it. So I've linked to that article, and as you'll note, it's very long. You may want to read it in stages, kind of like a book. The author goes through a rundown on where society is now and how we got this way. And I don't know if it's a man or a woman who wrote it, goes by the name of Keegan. They also indicate where we are likely heading. And it seems the next thing in the works has to do with part of the great set reset, which is called stakeholder capitalism. This is where everything will get digitized so that things become more quote unquote fair to all people. But of course, being fair really means only to those who control the purse string. So cash is going to be going out eventually and everything's going to be digital. Just numbers transferred from one account to another digital. So we need to keep that in mind because it's actually in the works. It's actually happening. Something else to consider that proves that globalists are not giving up anytime soon. Starting January 15, unless that changes, 
all truckers going in and out of Canada must be vaxxed. That's what Canada is mandating. And I've got a link to an article about this problem, and it indicates that up to 12,000 or more, I'll say that number again, 12,000 or more truckers will stop carrying and delivering goods to stores. Now, that includes the United States, and that's going to create another major problem as people will see store shelves becoming even more depleted than they are now. And I'm not telling you this to incite panic buying, but I think it will anyway as more people find out about this stuff. Hopefully, you've made some decisions early on about stocking up on things for such a time as this. Just consider the ramifications of 12,000 or more truckers no longer loading, carrying, and delivering the goods that you and I use every week. Gas stations need to be refilled about every two to three days in those tanks, otherwise they run out of gas. And we saw that happening immediately after President Biden shut down the Colonial Pipeline. That happened almost immediately. Gas stations in my area were literally out of gas. So in asking the question, the title of this particular program, do they really want to save people? The answer tends to become apparent when we look at the facts. We have the following situations in society. So many people appear to be harmed or dying following the receipt of the so-called CV vaccine. We're seeing a severe increase in myocarditis and other types of heart ailments, including heart attacks, in people as young as 13 years of age. 13 years of age. Why is this happening? No one in authority seems to want to even question. They don't even want to question whether or not the vax is part of the problem. It's not. They just assume that. Deaths in Indiana, for instance, are up for ages 18 to 64 by 40%. That is ridiculous. And beyond this, pathology results show that 93% of the people who died after being vaccinated died from the vax itself. And then we have the truckers ceasing deliveries. Yet all real questions about health, about the vaccine, are being ignored by the CDC and the WHO, along with local county and school boards. I'm not sure where you live, but probably the school boards are telling students to masks up, etc., and everything else that goes along with it. The media is on hand, also ignoring the large issues, redirecting people to many CV cases. They want us to focus on cases uh, instead of the solutions. They just want us to be in fear. Wouldn't it be something if people simply stopped testing? I realize many employers are now demanding that employees test each week, and that's based on the new OSHA policies, which hopefully will be rebuffed by SCOTUS. We'll see. So that accounts for a lot of the testing. Others simply test because they seem to want to know if they have the dreaded CV-19. Now, in years past, people knew When they were getting sick because they developed a sore throat, they had a fever, the sniffles, aches, or pains. They didn't need a test to tell them they were ill. Now, allegedly, CV can strike with absolutely no symptoms in a person, and that person can carry it unknowingly and then give it, spread it to others. Forgive my incredulity here and possible sarcasm, but I find that exceedingly difficult to believe. How about you? 
There is truly something wrong here, folks, and I bet you're aware of it as much as I am. Otherwise, you wouldn't be paying attention to what I write or what I say here. The reality appears to be that many people are injured and many others dying after being vaxxed. While this is not conclusive proof that the vax is problematic, wouldn't it behoove the powers that be to address these things honestly, transparently? Yet they choose to ignore. So we can only assume they're trying to pretend that there's nothing to see here and they want us to do the same. Never mind. Move along. And yet, it's so amazing to me how many people on social networks actually buy the lies. They actually buy the lies. I saw one guy today who said on Twitter that, you know what, it doesn't matter how healthy you are, it doesn't matter what you eat or what vitamins you take, you're still susceptible to the problems uh, associated with CV. And, and I, I saw other people responding to him and nothing they could say would, would deter this guy from this false belief that, you know, eating correctly taking supplements and even exercising has a real health benefit. Apparently he doesn't believe that. So to him, I say, well, gosh, I guess have another beer then or something. I don't know what I I just don't know. All of this, I believe is due to agenda 2030 that I've talked about before agenda 2030. And uh, I've got links to documents and some websites that explain it in case you are unfamiliar with it. But Agenda 2030 is not a pie-in-the-sky conspiracy theory promulgated by conspiracy theorists throughout the globe. It is an actual document from the UN with a complete listing of what they call, quote, sustainable development goals, unquote. Now, as Klaus Schwab, founder of World Economic Forum, has famously stated, you will own nothing and be happy. Okay, well, that's his take on things. I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I have a suspicion. I believe what began in late 2019, early 2020 with CV-19 was an exercise, tabletop exercise. And then the real thing hit to begin strongly pushing all of society into the mold that is perfectly described in Agenda 2030 documentation. Now, for me, this is not difficult to believe because the Bible clearly teaches that we are truly headed toward a dystopian future known as the Tribulation. This will be followed by the literal and physical return of Jesus, who will then set up his millennial kingdom, which will bring absolute relief to Satan's hold on humanity and this earth. So obviously, if that's true, which I believe it is, things are going to get worse before they get better in Christ's physical return. So this is biblical truth, in spite of the fact that some theologians do not believe that Jesus will return physically, or that any of these other things will happen. During Jesus' day, he said Satan's time was short, John 12, 31, and that was several thousand years ago. So how much shorter is Satan's time remaining now? In fact, Revelation also speaks of Satan's short time remaining, Revelation 12, 12. Things are obviously moving toward the inevitable conclusion of what has been revealed in Scripture to us for thousands of years. This is clearly happening because each day brings us a day closer. Far from being scary or disheartening, though, this should fill us with joy that all things will culminate in bringing God the glory. He only allows all of this stuff for His glory and our growth. One of the things that my wife and I talk about is the fact that it is too easy 
to focus on the bad things happening in society and ignore God's goodness. It's too easy to do that. We ignore his goodness, his righteousness, the fact that he keeps and protects his own to our own detriment. We ignore those things. We should have a proper perspective as his children. The Bible seems clear that Satan will have his day. And that day is going to last and culminate in seven years over which Satan will be given almost free reign to fulfill his own promises where he swore eons ago that he would be, quote, like the most high. Isaiah 14, 14. That's what this is all about. Now, considering the absolute hubris of Satan, a created being who honestly thinks he will be like the Most High. If we consider that, it stands to reason that those who follow in His path, who follow Him, also become exceedingly conceited, seeking to become like God. And that perfectly describes, in my mind, globalists like Klaus Schwab. What we are experiencing now, I believe, is really a separation of the wheat from the tares the sheep from the goats. Yes, officially, that will happen when Jesus physically returns. But emotionally, spiritually, I think it's happening now. Though there is a tendency to become fearful of the unknown, it should not be a cause for fear in true believers. It should instead be a cause for joy as we learn through these situations to trust Jesus and him alone. He is going to guide us. I truly believe that believers who seek him, his face, and seek him through his word, learn to delight in our Lord, we're going to go from victory to victory. We cannot possibly stock up on enough food and other supplies to get us through what looks like it may be ahead. We can only make intelligent decisions based on the information we have and the discernment that the Lord provides as we seek his face. I do not believe that God is going to forsake us. I do believe that God will lead us by his hand, but that will require of us to be obedient to him. And I'd like to end this episode with this admonition from King Solomon, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. You should memorize this, commit it to your memory, repeat it to yourself often. It's so simple and so profound. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and obey his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Now, as I've stated often, to fear God as a Christian means to fear offending him. We should love him so much that because of that love, we in no way wish to do or say something that would offend him. What, what, the Solom, what Solomon is talking about here is not a fear of punishment, but a fear of holy love for our God, who loved us enough to robe himself in humanity, live a life of sinlessness, and die a terribly painful death in our place so that we don't have to. We need, as Christians, to learn to walk in faith, knowing that God will never forsake us, nor will he ever condemn us. And the only way we can grow, folks, is in the midst of trials and tribulations, as sad as that is. Romans 8, he won't condemn us, he will never leave us. I want to thank you for joining me today. 
And I pray until we meet again that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in Him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 